Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yeah. to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Kobe. We'll float in Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jawing About the G-Men Giants Football Podcast. I'm Big Jace, your host as always, and we will bring the rest of the crew in here a little bit later. But we're going to start the show off with the State of the Giants address from the biggest Giants fan in the world, the self-proclaimed president of the Giants fan club, myself. And the Giants are right there. They're right where I said they'd be. All season long, they are fighting. They are at the top of the the NFC East. They're starting to get things together. They struggled at the beginning of the season without the preseason. A young team, now they're starting to roll. They're on a four-game win streak, four more games left, and I see them. I I, I was on the show a couple weeks ago. I said they were going to win five of their last eight. I'm I'm doubling down. They're not going to lose at the end of the season. They're going to go on an eight-game win streak. To end the season. Mark my words. This team is that good. They came in. They dominated. They shut down an MVP caliber QB in Russell Wilson. They shut down DK Metcalf. Oh, he had that cool stiff arm. Guess what? You got tackled, fool. The the stiff arm only gave you one extra yard. Cool. James Bradbury, he got stiff arm, but he still took your ass down. So that is what is going on with the Giants. But now let's bring in the rest of the drawing crew as we talk about the game, starting off with the big man, Joe Aguirre, and Sean Scanlon, Ovi Muniz, King Zay, and our special guest from Sports Talk with R&J every Wednesday at 1, Steve Risser. What's going on, guys? We had a big, big week last week. And we're going to start off with you, Joe. What did you think of that game on Sunday? All right. First and foremost, let me let me clear the air on something. Now, I did I did pick Seattle on, on the game. I did. And um, I do apologize for that. Now, uh, to be fair, if anybody watched Keys to the City on Saturday morning. Joe's right about this. I did say the Giants, and I did say the score would be 17-16 Giants. Um, I felt like the Giants were going to keep them under 16 points on defense. Obviously, you all saw it. I don't need to talk about how unbelievable this defense is. I think the question's answered. Elite defense. Elite defense. Absolutely, without question. Right? you you got to look past 5-7 and, seven and say, 
I've I've seen what I've seen. I I I I know. My concern, listen, if you told me Daniel Jones was starting, I wouldn't have flinched to say that the Giants are going to win. I could tell you already who I'm taking uh, Giants Cardinals. It, it, it doesn't take a, a second thought right now. The way the offense played under Colt McCoy, my, my major concern was can Colt McCoy, doesn't have to necessarily score a ton of points. I thought 17 was going to be key, but the, the defense couldn't be on the field for 40 minutes. That was going to be a losing recipe. They basically split the time of possession. That's what they needed to do. You get Daniel Jones in there, forget about it. Uh, and 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 look, everybody talks about how good the Cardinals are and how much the Cardinals score. You heard about how great uh, Russell Wilson is and how many points they've been putting up. The reality is if you watch both of those teams the last four weeks, they've both taken a big step backwards. The, the Giants are one of the few teams that is actually – improving as the season is going on to the point where I'm stunned that they're a, a two-point underdog at home to a team that just got lit up at home. Come on. You're right. What would you think of the game, Sean? Um, yeah, I think the way the Giants are playing right now, um, I think I can honestly say no team in the NFC wants to see them uh, the way that they're playing, uh, especially if they make it to the playoffs. I, I don't think any team wants to come to MetLife and play them. Um, just the way this defense has looked, uh, they're, Joe said it, they look like an elite group right now. I think they're a top five defense in this league. Um, what they did to Russell Wilson, not letting him leave the pocket, getting pressure on him all game, uh, like we see right there, uh, Leo Big Cat. Had a huge game. He was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. And then uh, Metcalf, I mean, he had nowhere to go all day. Our, our, our two safeties have been spectacular. Uh, Bradbury had a great game uh, going against Metcalf. And then uh, on top of that, Tyler Lockett, too. Uh, we didn't bring him up, but he's a really other good receiver that we shut down. So I, I really liked that. Our, I mean, I love what our defense is doing right now. And uh, I think the most important aspect of what this defense is doing is that uh, Patrick Graham has these players in the right spot. Um, which has led to very few mistakes and um, no blown assignments pretty much all season, or very few blown assignments all season. Uh, and I think all the credit is has to go to Patrick Graham. Um, he knows how to scheme up a defense. He changes his game plan every week to fit uh, who they're going against. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do against the Cardinals this week. Um, and then on the offense, I can't say enough about the improve, improvement of the offensive line in the second half of the season. Um, they're just imposing their will on teams' front sevens. We saw against the Seahawks, they uh, going into the game, they had a top three run defense, and the Giants just brought it to them. Um, they were bullying them all game long. And uh, the Wayne train looks better with every single start he, he gets. Uh, Shane Lemieux really deserves that starting job. He's been amazing. And Andrew Thomas is starting to live up to that number four pick um, that we took him with. He's been great, uh, not just in pass protection, but in the run game. So, I mean, if – if the Giants' offense, once they get Daniel or Daniel Jones back, can you know just score over twenty points a game, I think that will be enough to you know win these next four games the way that the defense is playing. And uh, I'm really excited to see where the Giants are going to take it down the stretch. Now, one thing I do want to point out: when Joe Judge was first hired, me, Sean, and Joe, we we talked about it a lot, and we all agreed that the biggest problem for the Giants in the past, what is it, three years with McAdoo and Shermer was the culture in the locker room. Now I'm going to show you these three pictures and, and tell me what you see. Zay, what do you see in these pictures? Well, looking at the pictures, you can see guys who enjoy playing with each other, guys who are actually 
having fun and they're going out and they're winning games, it, it's translating the wins, the funds that they're having on the field. And you see guys who are, you know, happy to be around each other. And like I said, this team is really put together well. I think they did a good job of adding personnel to the team, getting the right players. I was skeptical about some of the moves they made um, when it came to cuts with the final roster, but it, it actually seemed to pay off. As you see um, in last game, they had a lot of, um, a lot of contributes from the rookies, Darnay Holmes. You had uh, Carter Coughlin and um, Cam Brown, who have just been playing extremely well. As rookies, it's not something you expect, especially in such a difficult defense. As a lot of people have said already that it's a good defense that he has, but it's very difficult to understand. So, but even like I believe it was um, Ryan Clark who said that, who's one of the top safeties in the league. So if it's difficult for him to understand, you could understand how hard it is for these rookies to pick it up. But they've been doing a really good job, and they, you know, they pressured the quarterback last game and made it difficult for Russell Wilson to get rid of the ball. All right, uh, Ovi, how far do you think the Giants can go? Like I said at the start, I said it at the open. This is a team playing really well right now. I expect them to win. End the season on an eight-game win streak. Is that actually doable? Absolutely, uh, especially in the month of December where you're getting hot at the right time, you know, closer to the end of the season when we're getting ready for the playoffs. They got a chance now, Beat, defeating the Cardinals. The Browns, you don't know what type of Browns you're going to get each week. I mean, I was surprised last week how the Browns went ahead and scored 30-plus points in the first half. I don't see that happening against the Giants defense. Then you got the Ravens, which they, I guess they found their groove there against the Cowboys. But then again, that is the Cowboys. And speaking about the Cowboys, we have them on the very last game. And the Cowboys did get lucky the first time around. But the Giants have, they, they could potentially go four straight right now and take over the NFC East division and surprise everybody in the playoffs. All right. Steve, you said earlier today on Sports Talk with RNJ that you you can't see. It's very, very hard to win eight games in a row. What do these next four opponents that the Giants have, what do they need to do to win the game and get get the edge over the Giants? And which team is going to get that, stop that streak? I don't think it's going to be this week. I think we're going to beat the. I think we're beating the Cardinals. I think so. I think it's either going to be the Ravens or the Browns. It's. It's. I got to see a little bit more in the next couple of weeks to see which team that's going to be. But if the Ravens or the Browns run the ball really, really well, I think that would be the most. Dif that would be the most difficult because if you saw the Browns play the other day, Baker Mayfield played well off play action. If you see Lamar, he plays well off play action, and both teams. Have pretty good defenses. You saw what the Browns did to uh, Derrick Henry uh, on Sunday. They contained him. And the Ravens, we you know we all know they're really good defense too. So if there is going to be a loss in the four games, it's coming from the Ravens or Browns. Uh, the Cardinals maybe, but I think we win that one. It's not coming from the Cowboys. We know that for sure. So I think this team wins the division at eight and eight. If you look at their schedule, they do have a tougher schedule than Washington, but I don't think Washington wins four wins seven straight either. I don't think they win their last four games either. So I think we win the division at eight and eight, and those obviously those two wins make the difference of us winning the division. Even if we tie Washington, we'd still win the division. Yeah, but I say they could finish eight and eight too. If we both if finish eight and we win. If anybody thinks the Giants are going two and two or one and three down the stretch, you're obviously not watching Giants football. I mean, you're you're obviously not aware of what's happening. And I'll take you one step further. Don't tell me Baltimore is a better team than the Giants right now, because absolutely not. 
Uh, they look like garbage. Luckily, it's the Cowboys they played because and they just didn't look good. And there, there's something wrong there. And as good as Lamar Jackson is, that, that team is not – that's not the same team we thought it was going to be, and it wasn't the same team we saw earlier this year. I think the only team the Giants really need to worry about is the Browns. I think the Browns are playing their best football right now, uh, the, despite the fact Baker Mayfield still can't hit anybody with a pass. Um, it's amazing he's able – Again, watch the games. The, these receivers are making unbelievable catches for the Browns. It, I'm telling you, if Jarvis Landry wasn't as good as he was, the, the, uh, Baker doesn't throw anything on target. It's stunning how bad he is, but it works. And when you're pounding the football, you got a good defense. And as long as he's not throwing interceptions, he's in good shape. And one other note on that. The Giants are getting mad respect because they ended up changing their schedule for the Browns game. It got pushed to prime time. They flexed the cow. So from a a 1 o'clock Eastern time, they're now going to be playing at 8.20 p.m. on on NBC. Stick to America's team. How's that? (laughs) Yeah, it's the first Sunday night game in a couple years for the Giants, so they definitely do get some respect, and uh, I'm pumped that they – are going to be seen on uh, the spotlight Sunday night. So uh, so America could actually see what's going on with these Giants uh, and the yeah. rest of the way. Also, by the way, talking about Arizona, everybody keeps talking about, oh, they could put up a ton of points. Their last three games, 21-17 and 28. And that last, I mean, they scored 21, uh, 14 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, again, it was just throwing the football, trying to score. So uh, I'm telling you, the the Giants should handily handle the Cardinals. I I can't oh, imagine yeah. they wouldn't. Uh, you know, again, the people people forget that the season has to play all the way out. Yeah. Everybody that's talking about how great Russell Wilson is, I, I'm sorry, go back and watch the last four or five Seahawks games. Tell me he's still the MVP. You're out of your mind. No. You're out of your mind. There's a reason these teams are not winning anymore. Well, Joe, you got to look at the fact that there's a lot of injuries on that Seahawks line. He didn't have the starting line he had at the beginning of the season. He had a yeah, lot but of injuries. But every team has injuries this year, though. I, I understand that. But you, I believe they had an injury during the game also on the offensive line. Yeah, because Chad Wheeler had to come in and play right tackle. Uh, yeah. Chad Wheeler. Yeah, there's not much you can do at that point. It's similar to the Giants situation when the Giants had no offensive line. The quarterback can only do so much. The Giants lost their best player in Saquon Barkley. I mean, come on. Hold on. I I don't, don't, don't. If you're explaining why they're, they're, they're bad now, that's fine. That could be the reason that speaks of the lack of depth by that team and bad coaching. Fact of the matter is, is you got to be able to plug the next guy in. The Giants offensive line was terrible. So what do they do? They use what they had. They started a rotation and look how it worked out. That's coaching. Look, there's not a guy maybe outside of Cam Fleming who's on an NFL roster who doesn't belong on an NFL roster. If you're the backup left or right tackle, you do both, they know they can plug you in at any time. Don't act like this is some hobo off the street that just walks in. That's also not how this works. Everybody deals with injuries. I mean, the, the fact that the Giants are doing this without Saquon Barkley, to me, just speaks to... Think about next season. How good this team is going to be with these guys all with a year of experience coming off the year that they've just had, and now you're going to put a, 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 a an all-time great in the backfield? Come on. Assuming he's healthy. Yeah, he'll be he's, healthy. He'll be fine, dude. Come on. He, he'll be healthy. I don't know. Again, dude, right but hold on. There you go. Another example. I've, if this was I've, any other running back, you'd assume he's going to come back just fine. But it's a giant. It's a New York guy, so 
we naturally have to be like, well, who knows what'll happen? There's no reason to think he won't come back and be the stud he is. Why wouldn't he? You say stud, but he's he's been here for three years and he's had one decent year and the two other years he's just been because he hasn't had no line. I mean, he was the offensive rookie of the year. Come on. Yeah, and he led yes. he led the league in scrimmage yards his rookie year. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. Who, okay, who's the okay, okay, okay. Baker, However, he led the league in yards his rookie year. Baker Mayfield league in yards. Listen, listen. Over, you're gonna talk and not write. Now, to to carry on, look, we got Judge in his leadership, and we've been saying that from the beginning. Look how look what Judd has done in the offseason. We didn't have preseason. And everything that happened to develop to what it is today, you got to give credit to Judge because, again, leadership. And when Saquon comes back, we might not see Saquon the way you expect him to perform. He'll be just that small piece to add more weapons to the offense. That's it. Yeah, build around Wayne Gallman. Um, that's not going to happen, but I would like to point out, um, the play of Leonard Williams, yeah. a, a guy who the a smart observational, uh, people, uh, who, who watched the way this guy played last year, who at, literally was the only person to plug the middle and provide any, uh, sort of pass rush last season at all. The only guy really to pressure the quarterback on a consistent basis, but it wasn't good enough. Everybody was, oh, no, no, this guy makes a difference. And now this year, you, you're seeing that he's actually getting the sacks eight and a half career high. By the way, tied for six in the NFL with Jason Pierre-Paul. Remember him? There you go. Yeah. So Leonard Williams is putting up elite numbers. The, the guy is, I mean, he was the NFC player of the week and with good reason. The way this guy's playing right now, that, that makes the entire defensive line better it makes the linebackers better it makes the secondary better it makes everybody better it all starts with leonard williams gettleman knew what he was talking about again if you know football you saw last year how much of an impact that guy has and now it's all coming together and watch out big blue yeah i Joe. mean they don't they don't they don't win the game without him that that sack on that third and ten that was the biggest play of the game no, he, that, was, that, was biggest, that was the Listen, biggest play of the game. He's playing great. They still need an edge rusher before we can call it a defense elite. No, he is the edge rusher. I still think they need a top edge rusher before we can start they calling it a defense elite. I, 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 I think they do. I, I don't, Listen, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'll tell you what. I don't disagree with that. If they could add somebody, be it through the draft or in the off in the off season for next season, a stud guy on the outside. And, again, now that you have the secondary and the linebackers and the line already – now it makes sense to invest some money. If, if there's somebody out there you can bring in, absolutely do it. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's the be-all, end-all defense, but you got to admit, there's not a lot of teams getting eight and a half sacks from the interior defensive line. There's Period. One, there's, one, 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 there's one, the Rams. Do, That's it. Yes, yeah. and they, they don't really need an edge rusher. They, they got – listen to me. Listen to me. You Listen to me. I played DT – in mm -hmm. high school. And I, I, when I watch Dalvin Tomlinson and uh, Dexter Lawrence play, they are great. You want to know why? Because they eat up two, sometimes even three blocks. They eat those guys up. So then the outside guys, not necessarily an edge rusher because they're more inside, like the Leonard Williams, yes. you know, on a one-on-one -on -one situation. And when you're that big and that fast, you, you, you just win one-on-ones. When you have such a good interior line, and also they're getting pressure on the quarterback. 
It, I mean, Dexter Lawrence and Dalvin Thompson, they have sacks too this year. So it isn't like everyone loves to talk about edge rusher this, edge rusher that. The interior line is still solid because well, they are getting Jay, a pass rush. Jay, Jay don't forget. Don't forget, generally, edge rushers push quarterbacks out of the pocket. Wait, but but granted, which is what you don't want, I, especially when you're going against the Kyler Murrays of the world. You 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 actually like that also pressure contain. from they the also, middle. They also contain a good edge rusher will know how to contain a scrambling quarterback. So you want the best that. edge rusher they, in the game. You want no, the two dimensional edge what I'm rusher. Saying is, Tell me where you, that guy is. You we'll go get him. When you have a defense like the Giants, who their outside linebackers can't stay healthy. People forget this defense is playing well, but these are not the starting outside linebackers. Lorenzo Carter and um, Shane Zimenez has been gone. They're gone for the year. You have fill-ins now. Carter lost it on a torn ACL, and um, Zimenez has gone off a, a shoulder injury. These guys can't stay healthy. You can't expect the interior deep line to keep up the pass rush an entire 16 games in the playoffs. It's just unthinkable in I, my mind. Yeah. I, well, I think Patrick Graham, what he's done with the defense is he creates pressure from so many different spots. You see Logan Ryan has a couple sacks in the air. Jabril Peppers has a couple sacks. Blake Martinez. He likes to bring different pressures from all different spots. He likes to bring, you know, different six-man rushes, seven-man rushes. So just mixing up to. that defense, giving up, giving the offense different looks, I think that creates a lot of problems for quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks that can't move in the pocket. And we've seen that a lot from Patrick Graham. That's why I love his defense. And I think that, you know, obviously getting a great edge rusher would be nice. But those great edge rushers don't make it to free agency. They get uh, they get extended by their team only in a trade or if one of those mid-tier edge rushers get to the free agency or we're going to get one, which obviously I would like to have. But the way he's scheming it up with guys like Carter Coughlin, Cam Brown right now, I would, I'd let Patrick Graham do what he's doing and uh, not, not ask any questions. Um, can Big Blue handle Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray speed? Not many teams have. Are you serious? They just handle Russell. There's he, seven. He, 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 hold on. Hold on. Baltimore seven and five. The Cardinals are six and six. It seems like plenty of teams have handled them. What are you talking about? I think people forget that they play with a quarterback who's running just as well as Lamar Jackson. They practice yes, with a quarterback they have every day. Two <laughs> on their field. I hate that. Yes, Joe. Daniel Jones. Listen, listen. But there's no way. There's no way the Raiders are going into L.A. and beating Justin Herbert at oh. home. That, that's what that is. I know Lamar Jackson's fast. I've watched him run. I know Kyler Murray's fast. I've watched him run. Seven and five and six and six. I, 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 maybe I'm missing something here. Has Lamar and Kyler's speed led them to 10 wins? Or no? Playoff win. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> You, you, you listen. If you're just reading the box scores or you're watching ESPN to tell you what's going on, I can tell you right now, ESPN's always four weeks behind reality. Whatever's happening now that they're telling you about was reality four weeks ago. That's why they keep telling you how good Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson and Wilson Russell are. Or Russell Wilson are. They keep telling you that because that was what was happening four weeks ago. And the thing is, people forget. Again, Kyler. Ryan, there you go. Again, showing you don't know what you're talking about. And five and, and seven, this team should be eight and three minimum. Yeah, minimum. You saw the way they handled your Steelers earlier in the year. Oh, what are you talking Ryan. about? We'll get to the Steelers yeah. and then we have a Ryan have Sullivan's done commenting until he gets a clue. <laughs> Yeah, and, and to Watch talk a about couple Giants games and then comment. And to talk about Kyler Murray, people forget he lost to the Lions where he threw three. He lost to the Panthers. 
He, he lost. Yeah, he's lost half his games. I mean, he's he lost. Those, the Panthers and Lions are, are two two teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. So I mean, everyone was hyping him up and everything. <laughs> I mean, I think the guy's really really good, but he's still he's six and six, and the team's not great. He can't see over the line. He's guessing where receivers are. He's throwing a lot of turnovers. <laughs> right. Also, five and two in their last seven games. Get out of here with that garbage. Pay attention. Oh, Pay attention. If there's a team to be concerned about, <laughs> it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's, He's that's a, team, that's a team. So listen, I understand why you're deflecting because your Steelers are having all sorts of issues, aren't they? Washington. Listen, we'll stay your lane. Stay in your lane. Look at this now. Justin, what are you talking about? Okay, all right, hold on. We'll get to that later. Let's let's stick with the Giants. Let's look forward though to this weekend. As the Arizona Cardinals come to town and the Giants, they're licking their chops. They're pissed off from last year, that crappy, rainy game. The Giants are going to dominate Kyler Murray. James Bradbury is going to eat up DeAndre Hopkins. And Giants and Daniel Jones is going to be happy that he's back. Buda Baker is no one to Daniel Jones and the Giants will dominate the Tweety Birds from Arizona. Now, you'll recall 2 weeks ago when the Rams beat up the Seahawks, I told you the Giants were going to handle the Seahawks as well. Let's take a look at what the Rams did uh, just uh, this past weekend to Kyler Murray. 21 to 39, 173 yards, three touchdown passes, but again, all in the second half, and all when his team was drastically trailing through a huge interception that went for a pick six. And tell me more about that blazing speed. Five runs, 15 yards. Uh, enough. Enough. The Cardinals aren't a good football team. They're not. They're playing like crap. You know who's playing great? The Giants. Is this an obvious pick? It should be to anybody with eyes. But again, if you buy the ESPN hype machine, Kyler Murray is the greatest football player on the planet. ESPN loves to talk about Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. They, they, they aren't talking about Chandler Jones and how drastically this team has changed since that man got injured. And he's so, marketable. <laughs> Everyone wants to hear about K1. Yeah, and I, you know what? Honestly, at the end of this game, I think both these teams will have the same record. They'll both be six and seven. And I think by the end of the year, we'll learn that this clip. Kingsboro experience is over. It was always an experience. It it should have never happened in the first place. They should have never done the Rosen move. They should have never bought him in, and now they're paying the dividends of it. Their team is just not as good as they thought it was going to be. I, I was, Colin Murray's a great athlete. He, he probably should have chose baseball for what it's looking like. I don't see him being a great quarterback at the end of his career. I don't see this going on much longer. To me, I always thought it was just, uh, 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 I don't know, a a show, I guess they were just trying to see how it worked, just to see if it would work. And I guess it's not working anymore. I don't know how to put it without being disrespectful. So <laughs> you're doing a good job now. <laughs> I'm trying not to be very disrespectful, but you know, it's it's been a shit show there, you know. So <laughs> you're not wrong. No, you're not. But uh, Sean, how do you see this game playing out? Um, yeah, look, the Cardinals are playing bad football uh, and the Giants are playing well. It's two teams going in opposite directions, um, the way that they're playing. <laughs> but um, 
I don't, it took me I don't, a second to get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be as drastic uh, as a win. I don't think it's going to be a beatdown by any means. Um, the Giants, if you look at their wins this season, uh, they've been in all close games where they've been, you know, able to keep teams uh, under 20 points. And I think that's how they're going to be able to win this game. If, uh, you know, they have to contain Kyler Murray like they did last week with Russell Wilson. Um, obviously, Kyler's a little more shifty, so you might need a spy or something uh, down there like Xavier McKinney or Tate Crowder. Spy and make sure he's not doing anything. But I trust our secondary going against a good receiving core. And um, this Cardinals defense, like you said, without Chandler Jones, doesn't really scare me. Uh, Booter Baker, he's a similar player to what Jamal Adams is. He's a safety that plays in the box a lot, and he's not that great in coverage. And um, all their other players, I mean, Patrick Peterson's have been having a rough year too. So I think if Daniel Jones is back, uh, we can take advantage of that. Um, Darius Slayton's been a little banged up lately, but hopefully we can get some big plays down the field, either Evan Ingram or Sterling Shepard on a double move or something like that. So I think uh, the Giants offense will do just enough uh, to get past this one. I see a really similar score to last week with the Seahawks. Um, I could see the Giants win this game 17 to 14. And uh, I I think it's going to be another ball. Um, I think the defense is going to come out to play and, I think that the Giants are going to come out and uh, go to six and seven after this one. Jalen Adams, Buddha Baker, Derwin James. I don't care. I, I take Jabril Peppers over all three of them any day of the week. But- also, I want to just be clear that I I wasn't in any way suggesting like 35, 10. I, I, I mean, again, Sean, I'm with you. I think a, a 2017, a 21, you know, I think the Giants hit the low twenties and I think that they keep, uh, the Cardinals somewhere between say twelve and sixteen points. Why? Yeah, I agree. no, I'm going with that. I'll take the thirty-five ten. Let's go, Big Blue, baby. They're not that good of a team. The Cardinals aren't. They, but, yeah, it's it's all recency bias. I feel like if you got to take the overall record into account. Obviously, the Giants are playing better football right now. But I mean, if you say they're not a great team, I mean the Cardinals look—they have a better record than us right now. I just yeah, don't care how you can say they're. They lucked out. They snuck. Out, they snuck out a hail mary in one of their wins. Yeah. You, I mean, again, I, I, again, listen, listen. I, hold on, hold on, shot. Let me. I want to be clear with you on something that I, I mean. I'm watching. I'm watching all these games. I'm. I'm not looking at records. I'm not listening to ESPN. I'm. I don't. I don't trust anybody. Me, yeah, I'm in like, I I'm, in like I'm in full politics mode when it comes to football right now. I'm not buying anybody's bullshit at this point because there's a lot of it. I'm watching what I see the last four or five weeks. That's what I'm concerned about. You you know full well, Sean. I mean, six weeks ago, I wasn't sold on this team and I wasn't sold on Daniel Jones. They had to show me something. And every week I said, look, we're getting there. I'm not sold. I'm sold now. But it's not just watching the Giants that I'm sold on. I've watched the Cardinals play, and I'm with Zay. I mean, he's a great athlete. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I, I don't get what they do there. I, I mean, their their offense is bizarre, and I don't know that he's a good enough quarterback. I think the height is an issue. It, it really ultimately is. I think it's the one thing that's really going to hold him back, and I think it's an issue for Baker Mayfield the same. I think being short. It's it's hard to play in a league where your linemen are all like six three six six. I mean, those are big dudes. Look at the it, it's an issue. Uh, also, also he always looks like he wants to run. And I I grew up watching Randall wait. Cunningham. That that never that oh, never <laughs> brought Randall Cunningham to a Super Bowl. That idea of I'm going to run. If if you if you check down once, and you're and you're ready to start running, you're not a good quarterback. Well, you got to remember, these are 
45 pound lineman running four threes and four fives at you. I don't blame him for wanting to run. I, I completely agree with wanting to run. That that would terrify me too at five nine. Being a running quarterback, <laughs> being a running quarterback has never won anybody anything. Russell Wilson. Is not a running quarterback. Oh, come on. He's not a running. I'm talking about yeah. Mike Vick. I'm talking about Randall. I mean, I'm talking about guys he's who even run. if Michael Vick has been to it. Sean Watson runs. Stop that. Michael Is Vick Daniel has been Jones to a it. running quarterback? Is Daniel yeah. Jones a running quarterback? He's the fastest guy in the league. Stats, the he's fastest running quarterback in the league. He's running just as well as, as, as uh, Lamar Jackson. The volume, the volume's not there, though. He doesn't do it nearly as much. I, I understand that. Neither does neither does Russell Wilson. No, offenses, no that, I'm, agreeing, built that I'm agreeing with you, Joe. I'm no, offense isn't built that way. They if he was playing for the Bills, he'd be running it. Come on. Wait, three minutes ago. Three minutes ago, he wanted he wanted him to go back to baseball. I agree with him. Now now he's an all pro. Get out of here with that. What, no, I didn't say that. I, I mean Tyler. That. I said I said Daniel. I didn't say nothing about Kyler. I said Daniel. People forget Kyler's one of the only quarterbacks with uh, over 30-plus touchdowns in the league right now. I mean, obviously, they've been struggling. I get that. But you got to take into account the first half of the season they had. That's all I'm trying to say. Absolutely. But listen, three garbage-time right. touchdowns yesterday when you're when you're trailing. I mean, that that's yeah, not that's, their game. And when they're – Yeah, again, The same reason why I say you look at Justin Herbert's numbers. Well, he's always playing catch-up. Of course he's going to throw the ball 50 times and hit 350 yards. Does that make him a good quarterback? No. Good quarterbacks win games. Daniel Jones became a good quarterback. Again, don't forget this team was 0-5. 0-5. Yeah. Roll your eyes all you want, say. No, I was, I, was, I was counting. I was trying to make sure. I thought it was like one and four. to the fact that they're five and two since I, they started zero and five. Stop looking at five and seven and tell me that's not a six and six is better than five and seven. Seven and five is better than five and seven. Whoa. Thank you for 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 knowing math and numbers. That proves nothing. Watch the games. Tell again. All I needed to see was what the Rams did to the Seahawks. The, the blueprint was there. I watched the Giants do it every week. The Giants do this to the Seahawks. They'll win the game. Guess what? They did. The Rams did the same thing to the Cardinals this weekend. The Giants will do the same thing. Guaranteed. And they'll right. actually keep them to less points than the Rams. Then the conversation will come up. Which defense is better? Okay. All right. Ooh, you guys had that great conversation and debate about quarterbacks. But Ovi. Some people hey, think hi, DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the NFL, and he is definitely elite. But uh, can the Giants shut down D-Hop? Yes, and I'm going to tell you why. If you look at the last three games with Arizona, um, they haven't scored no, no greater than 10 points. All right? And their defense has been sloppy in the second half. So they either start with the lead or to make close, and in the second half, their their Arizona's defense is trash. So that's why I say if the Giants keep it close in the first half, they're going to run away in the second half. Giants will win. Arizona is going to go fall down straight to the basement right. four in a row. Steve, now on your show you picked the Giants, but what do the Cardinals have to do to win this game? They have to shut down the Giants' run game because that's been the Giants' bread and butter throughout this entire winning streak. I mean, they, if, they've, if they shut down the run game, force Daniel Jones to be uh, one-dimensional, force force a couple turnovers just uh, 
of course, a couple turnovers from Daniel Jones. That would be the best formula for the Cardinals to win. And obviously, they'd be able to run the football with Kenyon Drake. And and that's the that's the best way they're going to move the Kyler Murray's going to move the ball on this Giants defense. That on this Giants defense. So, but I don't think that I, I, I got the Giants. But that's the best way. That's what the Cardinals got to do to win the game. Um, I, I, let me tick off some numbers to you. Um, three catches, thirty yards. Seven catches, 127 yards, and a touchdown. Five catches, 51 yards, no touchdowns. Five catches, 55 yards, no touchdowns. Eight catches, 52 yards, one touchdown. Uh, are those the stats of the best wide receiver in football? No. Because no, that's no. what DeAndre Hopkins has done in his last four games. Get that garbage out of here. They keep stats so that we know who the best is. It's definitely not him. Probably Tariq Hill. What? Again, no. you can you can flap your gums, but there's facts that prove who the best is. Those numbers are lame. So stop telling me how great DeAndre Hopkins is. <laughs> uh, uh, holy smokes. I, I don't know if you guys are all aware of this, and for anybody wanting, that there's websites where they list people's stats so you can see what they do. Again, you probably heard on ESPN, DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in football. But reality and facts and stats would say no. So so if hypothetically you took DeAndre Hopkins and switched him with Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Tyreek Hill would still be the best receiver in football, correct? I'm sorry, what, what are we doing? Because... We're in some kind of theoretical no, transport. Because I believe, believe Tyreek Hill's a good receiver. Hold on. I believe he's a good receiver, but I believe the offense and the team he's on also helps that out. Hopkins is stuck in a weird paradox in an offense that's not really good and a quarterback uh -huh. who can't see over the line. Right. And then Tyreek Hill, on the other hand, has probably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Who is? Are we going to Wait, say? Would you just say he's one of the greatest to ever play the game? Pat Mahomes. He when he, when it's all said and done, he might be one of the greatest to probably ever play oh, the game. Might might when it's all said and done. Yeah, Again, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, not putting a, I'm not putting a jacket on anybody. I mean, uh, we're not. Yes, we're not, no, no jackets. Yes, no jackets. Yes, but he's already got one under the belt, and I'm pretty sure he'll get more. But I hope we, for your if, sake he does. If you switch the two, I'm almost sure Hopkins outperforms Hill. It's 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 just the fact that the matter is maybe Hopkins I don't is the know. Best Again, receiver how are you do this? one of the worst offenses in football. That's all it technically is. It, it's not that he's bad. He's not a bad receiver. His offensive stats are low because the offense they run is terrible. It's not because he's a bad receiver. That has nothing to do with Hopkins as a player. Tyreek Hill, on the other hand, isn't one of the best offenses in the league. He's got some of the best weapons around him. And again, he has one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So when you put all that combined, of course he's going to have better numbers. So I think your comparison is a horrible Four weeks ago, Kyler Murray was an MVP candidate. In and whose now, eyes? And now he's a garbage quarterback. In whose eyes? They got DeAndre Hopkins eyes? to Wait. make him a better quarterback. Wait, I mean, I, what are you talking about? I cannot agree the with fact that, that they don't have chemistry or that Kyler Murray can't see over big dudes, I, I, what does that have to do with any of this? Are you're you making excuses. Are, 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 are you kidding me? Why. Wait, you're telling me if Hopkins was on the Chiefs, he wouldn't have a he wouldn't have better stat line right now. I, I don't know. 
I, I don't know what. Joe, I don't we know. know we know this is. We know this I don't know. I can't answer it's that. A better it's team. Not. It's a better built team. It's a better offense. It's an offense with structure. It has a run game. It has weapons everywhere. Why didn't they go out and acquire DeAndre Hopkins? He was available. No, he, he obviously wasn't. He had. They had. Well, he was. Trade he was him. available via trade. You could have gone out and traded for him. You have an extra running back now. Don't you out there in KC? They certainly could have done something. They got the running play. back on a discount. The team that he still he was on before is still paying for him. Don't compare the two like it's the same situation. They got Hopkins because they were trying to get rid of Hopkins and they didn't want to pay well, him. You're the one that's trying to stick guys on other teams and no, make up. You're trying to make it seem like Hopkins is a terrible receiver. About. He's not a Hopkins right, is probably the best All receiver right. in the league. He's just on a terrible offense. All right. This is this not is a conversation, but we need to move on. We need to move on. <laughs> This is a great debate. Devontae Adams is still in the league. DK Metcalf's in the league. And even though their offense is bad, DK Metcalf doesn't seem to have a problem putting up numbers. Look who their quarterbacks are. Adams is is a one-horse trick in in, in Green Bay. He's putting up numbers. Once again, I lead the way this week with 12 wins and three losses, baby. That's the numbers that y'all want to see. The real MVP right here. Thank you very much. The real MVP. The real real (laughs) race is between me and Sean. We tied it up. Well, you definitely made it close to me. Less games and that stuff. I made it close. I I hear it started so late, and I'm already catching up to you guys. Come on. You guys, exactly. Big difference. You should have a higher percentage if you came in later. Uh, You know what? What happened was Joe got in the way and started rambling. Nah, I'm just kidding, man. Hey, uh, it it was a good week this week, man. It was a lot of good games and stuff. So, you know, let's see if I can do it again this week. Steve is killing both of us. I was going to say Steve's record is pretty impressive. Um, I I know Joe did try to copy off Steve last week. I did not, and it, it didn't he work said the same thing in college football I too. I did not copy off <laughs> anybody. I listen to all sorts of advice and I take it. And it just so did we pick all the same teams? All the exact all what, six. Well, that's harder. That's a little harder Uh-oh. to explain. Hey Joe, you're under investigation <laughs> yes, with the big gates mm-hmm. that we got going pick on. Gate. Apparently, it's Hector I should be listening to, though, huh? Yeah, yeah, apparently. Hector, why are you holding out, homie? Jeez. Yeah, but uh, we are changing up picks here at John about the G-Men. And now we have the game of the week brought to you by CMG Sports. And here's our good friend, Rob Benjamin, from I'll Piss You Off Shortly, to introduce this week's game of the week. Hey, it's Rob Benjamin from the I'll Piss You Off Shortly podcast, live every Monday night at 9 p.m. Man, my Steelers just came off of a tough loss against the Washington football team, and it's their first loss of the record for this season. I don't know. We got to go into Buffalo and take on the Bills Sunday night in the CMG Sports Game of the Week. My question to you guys is, you guys think that the Steelers can bounce back and get the win Sunday night? Hey, you know I do. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Thank you, Rob, for that. Um, (laughs) The big Steelers fan. Steelers had a tough loss against the Washington football team. And uh, now they need to bounce back. Uh, Short week, playing Monday, now uh, primetime, Sunday night. And this is a tough place to play in Buffalo. The weather's supposed to be pretty bad Sunday night. Can they bounce back? 
I don't know. I'm going to go no. I think I, originally this was the game I had circled. This was going to be the Steelers' loss. I, I think they might bounce back a little, keep it close, but I like the Bills to get the win at home. Do you agree, Sean? Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Oh, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going with the Bills in this one. Um, I think after the Bud Dupree loss for the Steelers, I think that's a huge loss for them. Um, it just brings more double teams, TJ Watts way, and more double teams for Cam Hayward to it. So I think that's going to hurt them tremendously. Um, I, I think they're, the Steelers' secondary isn't as good as advertised. Um, they've had a lot of troubles with their corners this year. And their offense, I mean – Look, I, they all their offense is is just short game. Uh, get a couple short routes and have Big Ben find you and, and dump it off. If a team just plays in a zone and and you know sits in a zone, comes up, makes tackles, I think it's an easy game plan for for the Bills and especially the way they've been playing defense. Um, I think they're going to come out and dominate the Steelers' offense. Um, I said it earlier in the season when the Steelers were off to a hot start. Uh, I don't think they're going to win a playoff game. I th- I like I really don't believe in this team. And I think it's going to be all downhill from here. Uh, I'm sorry, Ryan Sullivan. I hate to say it, but uh, I, I don't see it. I don't see the rest of the season going well for the Steelers. I just think their offense isn't that great, especially with James Conner hurt. Uh, Bud Dupree is a huge loss for them, and the Bills are playing some good football right now. I think Stephon Diggs and uh, and the Bills running game will have a huge game. So I think Bills win this one by a score of 28 to 17. Yeah, the Steelers are in big trouble here. 14 carries, 21 yards uh, in their last game against Washington. And I know Washington's got a got a pretty good defense, especially up front. But uh, like you said, Sean, I, I think this team has injury issues that make it uh, not as as good as what you think an 11-1 team would be. Don't don't like the idea of having to go to Buffalo if this game was. If this game was was uh, was uh, in Pittsburgh, I I might feel differently about it. But fact of the matter is, is you're going to Buffalo. I like the Buffalo Bills a lot. I think that's a really good football team. I think that team's playing uh, better. You know, you'll you'll recall they got off to a good start, hit, hit kind of a rough patch there. They seem to have righted the ship. Uh, Josh Allen's playing great football right now. Uh, and so is Big Ben, to his credit. I mean, Big Ben is, is literally the only thing they got going for him right now. So as long as he's healthy, I think the Steelers are, will still be okay. But, man, um, you know, they're, they're, in, they're in a rough spot right now. And this is definitely not a game, if I'm a Steelers fan, that I'd be uh, particularly excited to watch. Frank, shut the hell up. You can't talk about weather. You live in Miami. You've never been to Buffalo. Don't give me that crap. But uh, Oh, I know. A guy from Florida is going to talk <laughs> about weather. You guys, I mean, have you noticed how your teams do when they leave the state? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I need this. What are you guys talking about? Weather? They're in Pittsburgh. They deal with the same weather we deal with, if not worse, first of all. Have you been to Buffalo? Second off. That is a are, of a town. Are your notifications on? The Steelers you want to accept Buffalo as on. New York earlier this year. They're not New York. We're not going to talk about that. That's for different reasons. They're not New York. Neither is Staten Island, but that's for different reasons. But <laughs> are your notifications on? James Conner has been activated, and that's why the Steelers are going to win this game. What is wrong with y'all? He's been activated off the COVID-19 list. And he will play this game, and he will run his butt off. And they will beat the Bills, who, I, like I said, I think they've been overrated. I don't think they're really that good. I think Josh Allen's an okay quarterback. I think they got some okay receivers, but I just don't think they're that 
Like, no, they, three, they, they, got, they definitely got good receivers, man. Uh, I don't Washington, think they're nine three. Three. I mean, they're Stephon uh, Diggs. Stephon Diggs is probably top five receiver in the game right now. I don't think they're right. nine and three good. I think they're a good team, but not nine and three good. So I'm gonna take the Steelers to bounce back in this one, guys. It's gonna be James right. Conner's game. Ovi, you've been very high on the Steelers all year long. Do you think they bounce back here? I think uh, yes, they will, uh, and I think they needed this loss. I think now the pressure's off of of trying to be undefeated. Uh, and the defense with Ben Roethlisberger, he plays very well in Buffalo, so weather is not an issue. As a matter of fact, the last four visits at Buffalo, the Steelers were able to win, and I think they'll make it five in a row. Oh, I think wow. this game's more important for uh, Buffalo, to be honest, than I do yeah. think it is for the Steelers, especially the way the Patriots have been playing. Uh, and I think yeah. I think right. this to be a big statement game for the Bills uh, because, again, for a team that's 9-3, and three, I think there's still people that aren't completely sold on Buffalo. Uh, yeah. And again, when you consider the Chiefs and and the Dolphins, uh, and and as good as they've been playing, that I think the Bills need this win more than the Steelers do. Uh, yeah. it, the Steelers' record uh, uh, or schedule, rather, kind of kind of lightens up the rest of the way. So I think they'll be in in good shape. And great that Connor's back, but he he's also um, he had COVID. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've seen some of these guys come back after being out with COVID. Damn, They're not exactly uh, spring, springing uh, all up and down the field. But, again, I, I, I think if you're Pittsburgh, this game doesn't matter either way. If you lose another one, I think they're still in good shape. Um, a, a chance to get healthy, get that offense rolling again, because uh, certainly that, that defense is is not what it was at the beginning of the year. Um We'll see. I think Pittsburgh's still going to be right, but I think Buffalo has to win this football game. Yeah, right. um, I was just going to say Miami is only a game back from Buffalo, so it is. A, it's definitely yeah. a must win for the Bills. All right, Steve, do you think the Steelers can bounce back? I think they're going to bounce back, and here's why. I think both the thing about about the Bills is people don't talk about it enough is they struggle to run the ball. They they're not great running the football. Josh Allen's had a great year. He's arguably a top five quarterback. Uh, big, I, I think in this game, the better defense is going to win, especially in a cold night in, in Buffalo where it's going to be windy, 15, 14, 50 mile an hour winds. So I'm going to take the Steelers in a close one. I can very easily see the Bills win, but I'm going to take the Steelers in a close one to bounce back. All right. All right. And uh, Ovi had to step out to go set up for our fall downs. Make sure you tune in right after this to get your college football fix. But now let's move on. That was just the game of the week. Now introducing the new segment, the best bets. We come at you. We got overs. We got spread. Our locks for what we think is the best play on Sunday, Thursday, or Monday night. I will start things off. I got the Falcons at Chargers. I, I, I wanted to say the Falcons can't go into Los Angeles and beat Justin Herbert, but I know I've gotten so much slack for that. But for my best bet, I'm going to go with the over 49. I, I love the Chargers at plus two and a half. I love the Chargers money line. But I super love the over because you see this man right there. You see that appendage on the left side of the screen. That is not an arm. That is a cannon, and he is going to let the football fly. He is pissed off about the shutout last week, and he is hungry. And he's so skinny. Sadly, the Falcons will will have to pay. Will have to pay for what the 
Patriots did to the Chargers. But, Sean, who do you got as your best bet this week? Uh, I'm going to go with the Vikings uh, plus six and a half going against the Buccaneers. Um, I think, you know, the Vikings coming off their spot last week where they have to go to overtime to beat the Jags. I think a lot of team or a lot of people will probably be down on them. And with the Bucks coming off a bye, they just came off a, a tough game, tough loss to the Chiefs. So I think people are going to think that, you know, the Chiefs are going to come out uh, or excuse me, the Bucks are going to come out and, and blow them out um, because I think they just had a good game and the Vikings just had a bad game. But I think that's where it's going to be all wrong. You, if if people think that way, you got to think the other way in sports betting. So and these two teams are fighting for that seventh seed in the NFC. So I think it's going to be a lot closer than six and a half. I think I think it will be a pretty good game. So uh, I think that's going to be my lock of the week. Hey, Rob, I did not say he was jacked. I said his arm was a cannon and he can throw the football. I did not say the man was was, was swole. Because by the way, not. Jace, thank you for um, taking this picture of the poster that's over your bed. Hey, Everybody's excited I to see that. that that's where that came from, everybody. That's, that would be a, that's an awesome picture. That is an awesome picture. But, Zay, what do you got for the best bet? Well, apparently Sean was looking at my sheet. But, uh, yeah, I got the Vikings at six and a half. Uh, Vikings are hot right now. Most teams this year haven't been playing well off the bye. It, it, it looks like a gimme to me. There's no way I couldn't take it. That's my best bet for the week. I didn't see much anything I liked. I uh, thought the over-under was a little little off for me, so I decided to take the point spread. So I took the Vikings at six and a half. All right, all right. Joe, <laughs> what do you got? I, I think I've already more than explained my obvious. I mean, the Giants are getting two points at home against a team that can't score or do anything that literally just got manhandled uh, by – uh, the, the same defense that basically that reminds me of the Giants again every time I watch the Rams defense I think oh you know there's that this this Giants defense will do it I think this is an easy win for the Giants again the Giants are going to win this game probably by a field goal so those two points will certainly come in handy all right all right and Ovi he had to step out but he likes the Panthers minus four against the Broncos uh, I'm not that mad at that pick either. But, uh, Steve, what do you got? I got the Packers minus seven against the Lions. I think it's going to be a big day for Aaron Rodgers, big day for Aaron Jones on the ground. Devontae Adams has a big game too. I think Matthew Stafford will make plays, but it won't be enough to keep up with Aaron Rodgers. That's why I got the Packers minus seven over the Lions. All right. All right. Now, before we move on and end the show, like we always do with Fantasy Locks, here's a little message from our pals at Throwing Jabs, Jared Jones. Hey, it's Jared Jones from Throwing Jabs. This Saturday at UFC 256, flyweight champion Davison, how you Figueredo takes on the number one contender, Brandon Learn Moreno. Both are coming off impressive first round finishes less than a month ago at UFC 255. Remember to tune in every Saturday morning at 10 for your combat sports fix on Throwing Jabs. Hell yeah, Throwing Jabs every Saturday morning. Myself, Joe, and Jared giving you your combat sports fix. But right now we're going to give you your fantasy football fix with our fantasy locks, starting off with last week's standings and Hey, I, I, I faced a lot of criticism 
with my Colt McCoy pick. But would you look at that? Three names under, I mean, two names under Colt McCoy is Derrick Henry against the Browns. And last time I checked, 8.4 was greater than 5.9. Well, I should have done what you didn't have the guts to do. I should have taken that Giants defense and I would have outscored you and I would have outscored Derrick Henry combined. Should have, would have, could have. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'll tell you what. I won't make that mistake again. All right. Well, I'm kidding. I am. I'm taking Derrick Henry again. <laughs> That's right I am. Oh, uh, yes, sir. We'll get to that. But obviously, <laughs> the train's coming, baby. Uh, Trevor Keys won it uh, with the, the squariest of square picks, picking Devontae Adams. And guess <laughs> what? It's just as square this week as he takes – Russell Wilson at home against the Jets. <laughs> so, okay, I guess that's going to be four, four wins in a row for Trevor because he's a square and there's four corners on a square. So, all right. I, I actually went out on a ledge like I did last week with Colt McCoy, and I'm picking Marvin Jones Jr. against the Packers. The Packers' defense is nothing special. Marvin Jones Jr. is the best receiver for the for the uh, Lions, you you might be able to say T.J. Hawkinson is up there, but I like Marvin Jones Jr. more. And Sean, you are in the same game, just on the opposite opposite side of the football. Yes, I'm going with uh, Aaron Jones. Last time they played the Lions, he put up 44 points. Uh, he had 168 yards and two touchdowns. So I think he's going to have similar success. The Lions' defense obviously is not great, and uh, I think that he's going to get a whole lot of touches and. They're going to put this game away early, but Aaron Jones is going to stack those points up. And, Joe, you're going back to back to at it with Derrick Henry against your, like, second favorite team and Mike Glennon and the, the Jags. Oh, listen, Mike Glennon and the Jags are going to be just fine, but they definitely can't stop the run. <laughs> That's definitely a big issue there. There'd be no reason why Derrick Henry shouldn't put up about 220 yards and three touchdowns in this game. All right. And Zay, you think DK Metcalf's going to bounce back after getting pretty much shut down by uh, James Bradbury last week? Well, when you say certain things like jump off a ledge before I get into my pick, are you going to take Joe with you so y'all can like jump off this ledge? Because your picks are terrible. It's got to be Metcalf. He's going against the Jets who have no problem blowing the game if needed to and letting go a late touchdown score. And the person throwing the ball is going to have a big game. And Metcalf's going to have an even bigger game, and I think I'm actually going to take it this week. So uh, I want to thank uh, Trevor for setting me up for this amazing win next week. All right, maybe you can do what Trevor did to Steve and, and uh, last week when Steve took Aaron Rodgers and Trevor took Devontae Adams. But uh, Ovi went out on an even further – out on an even further ledge than Michael McCoy pick. He picks Jalen Hurts against a really good Saints team. And, Steve, you're picking TB12 in Tampa Bay against Minnesota. Absolutely. I think he throws – I think the run game gets going. I think he throws two or three three or four touchdowns, and he throws for over 300. All right. All right. And that will do it for Fantasy Locks. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check out – uh, directly after this in uh, about 
15 minutes or so, we go live with all four downs. Me, uh, Joe, uh, Sean, and Ovi, who's on here earlier. We will talk about college football. And all four downs, along with drawing about the G-Men, is part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you go to clovercrestmedia.com to check out one of 30 different podcasts. And there is a 31st podcast coming. So stay tuned later next week for that announcement. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And on behalf of myself, Joe, Zay, Sean, Steve, and Ovi, take care. And we hope to see you next time. Peace out. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard.